right, here we go. Uh, we're in our Bibles here, and and um, I, I, I heard about this, and and um, I heard about uh, three boys that was sitting around, and they were three church boys, and they were, you know, after church, before church, whenever it was, they were just out talking, and and so one of the little boys, he said, he said, yeah, my daddy's smart, and they said, yeah, why do you say that? And they said, well, um, he takes a piece of paper and a pen and writes down a few things, and 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 he gives it to somebody and gets fifty dollars. He calls it a poem. And then the other boy said, he said, well, that's nothing. He says, my daddy writes for a little while on a big piece of paper, and, and he gives it to somebody, and he gets $100, and that's called a song. And the third boy said, well, hey, heck, that's nothing. He says, my dad, he, he, he writes on a, several pieces of paper, and, and, um, and then um, he calls it a sermon, and they get four baskets full of money every Sunday. Just kidding. All right. Lame joke. Sean, where you at? Anyways, lame joke. All right, um, here. At, so this morning we're looking at keeping watch, and so, and so uh, keeping watch. And uh, we are having a prayer watch here at Cornerstone in just a few weeks. It's going from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we're wanting everyone here at Cornerstone to get involved. We want 100% precipitation, precipitation, participation. We want us all to be participating in this. And this is a time for us all to come together and we. And, and we want to look at what God isn't doing or is doing in our life. And so, look, um, in the four years, our sign-up sheet, if you haven't signed up yet, please sign up. There's some, about the only times that are left is, is it's a couple for the AMs, but a lot of the Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon. So make sure you get by and you fill in that, please. But we're going to be doing prayer watch. And so we're going to spend this week and next week just, just to prepare ourselves for that time that we get to spend intimately with the Lord. Now, you never hear this in church. You never hear in church um, this, um, hey, it, it's, it's my turn to sit on the front pew. <laughs> you ever hear that before? Hey, get out of my seat. That's my, that's my seat, front pew. You know, we you know, never hear that, do you? Um, um, you never hear someone say, well, I was so enthralled, I never noticed your sermon went over 25 minutes. I don't ever hear that. All I hear is, Pastor, what happened? You went over 25 minutes. Um, Personally, you never hear people say, personally, I find witnessing much more enjoyable than golf. <laughs> Don't hear anybody saying that. I wonder why. Uh, you never hear anybody say that I've decided to give our church $500 extra a month for ministry purposes. You never hear that. You never hear people say, I volunteer to be the permanent teacher of our junior high Bible study. You never hear people say that. I wonder why. You never hear people say, I love it when we sing new songs. I've never heard that before. You never hear people say, since we're all here, let's start worship service early. Why? Well, I think in part is that we were distracted and subject to selfishness. In two weeks from now, from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., again, we're having a prayer watch. And the desire um, of our staff is for this time is for everyone to be involved and, and really to create unity and just simply uh, connect or reconnect to the truth and the truth that Jesus Christ is alive, that Jesus Christ is riven, risen, and, and to, to reconnect to that truth that uh, there's a certain will that God wants me to be in. And so, again, this is part of uh, two sermons and, and on keeping watch. And today, let's just discuss the warnings to all of us to keep watch. 
Now, we have been left like the disciples to keep watch. Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Now, now here we, you know, we're coming close to Easter, and, um, and, and here we find that uh, Christ has made his triumphal entry, and he goes to the garden to pray, and we know that this was a very serious um, and hard time on our Savior, but look at verse 36. It says, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. He says, remain here and keep watch and keep watch. You see that? Now, this word watch is an interesting word. And this word watch means to be alert, um, means to be alert. It means to be sober-minded. Now, now, here's our instructions, church. So the disciples were told to stay there and to watch, meaning they were to, be, they were to stay awake, they were to be alert, and in and, and their minds, they were to be sober-minded. That means not that they couldn't, you know, it's not having to do with drinking like we always use that word sober, but the word sober here means that they had all their thoughts about themselves in the right place. Now, this word watch is also, it's a metaphor for the word, and it's a command, and it's one to give strict attention to. It means to be cautious and active in your faith. So these disciples were told to stay there and watch. They were told to stay there and be alert, not to fall asleep, stay awake, but they were to be attentive to what they were supposed to be doing in their faith. You got it? Now let's continue reading here. And it says in verse 39, and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face, talking about Jesus, and he prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping. Remember, they were told to watch. They were to stay awake. They were to be alert. They were to exercise their faith. And he came to them, and the disciples found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch for me for one hour. He says, Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. Underline that real quick. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Jesus is telling them what their problem is. And there's, they've been, there is temptation. Their, their flesh was weak, but they need to be strong spiritually. You see it there? And he went away again a second time, and he prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, talking about his death, your will be done. So you see, Jesus never once thought of not going to the cross for us. He said, Your will will be done. Again he came, and he found them sleeping, talking about the disciples, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again, and he went away, and he prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. And then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. Behold, the one who betrays me 
is at hand. And of course, he's talking about Judas there. Now, if you will, turn over with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So we have this command to, 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 to watch. And, you know, I believe that just like the disciples, we've all been given a command by our Lord Jesus Christ to all be watching. Everybody say amen. We're, we're to be alert, we're to be sober-minded, and we're to be acting spiritually on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, again, I think what happens to us is that we become more fleshly than we become more spiritually. Everybody agree with that? And so we need to make sure that that because like the disciples were given this command to, to watch, we need to watch. And so I just want to give us uh, three warnings for us to do with keeping watch. Notice three warnings that are given to us. And let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and look at verse 16. It says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit and that the spirit of God dwells in you look at it he says if any man destroys the temple of God God will destroy him now the king james uses a different word there and we'll talk about that here in a minute for the temple of God is holy and that is what you are it says in verse 18 let no man deceive himself If any man among you think that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. For it is written, and he quotes the Old Testament, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasonings of the wise, that they are useless. So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. Look at what it says. All things belong to you. Who's you? It's us. It's the reader. And you belong to Christ. And look at it. And Christ belongs to God. Now let's talk about that. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the word of God that we have this morning. And Lord, I pray just in this very, very short time that we have that we'll be um, encouraged. And Lord, understanding that we've, we've all been told to keep watch and that we all have a responsibility to activate our faith and to be sober and to be alert. And, and, and Lord, understanding that our... our God, we, we, we get it that, uh, that while we're saved and that we belong to you in heaven, that, that Lord, we also understand that uh, we still have this flesh that we drag around and that, that temptation is, is so, sometimes so strong um, to the flesh, Lord, that it affects us and it distracts us and we're not giving you everything that we're supposed to. And so, Lord, as we prepare ourselves this week and next week and then we have our prayer watch, Lord, I pray that you'll anoint this time and that you'll perhaps wake some of us up out of our slumber. Maybe we're like these disciples and, and we've been told to watch and we just fall asleep. Lord, I pray this morning that you'll just speak to our hearts, that you'll take the word of God and nothing else, Lord, but that the word of God will bring conviction with the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our minds and that we can push that reset button and be that vital Christian that you've called us to be. And Lord, I pray if there's one here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, that Lord, that they'll come to that understanding this morning and fall on their knees 
but more importantly, that their that their hearts will be bent to you this morning and that they'll accept you as their personal Savior and have that personal relationship with you. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, a lot of times what happens in churches and why their doors closed or why they become ineffective in their communities or in worldwide missions is, is because they've stopped watching, because they've, they've fallen asleep. I don't think Cornerstone has fallen asleep. I think, I think we're awake and we're, we've, I mean, I think God's doing some great things here at Cornerstone. But, you know, I really believe that uh, all of us need to, to, to be careful, though, because there's always that temptation because we're all made of flesh. And so we're going to discover some of these warnings here and that we can all place into our minds and our hearts. Because, guys, listen to me. Uh, I, you know, um, nothing matters more than the gospel. And Annette, you know, Beth Moore's right. You know, um, 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 our, it, it's, it's our faith that, that our enemy attacks. But it's also true that Satan can't take anything from us. Everything that he gets, we give to him. Do you understand me? He can't take anything. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. In other words, he's not all-powerful. He can't be everywhere at all the time. Whatever, whatever he gets from us, we give it to him. You know why? Because we give into temptation. Because we give into our flesh. Because we get sleepy like the disciples and they fell asleep. Now, you may not be falling asleep, and you better not fall asleep this morning, okay? But, but we fall asleep on that spiritual watch. And, and we get distracted by the things of this world. We get, we get, we get distracted um, by all different kinds of things, you know? Um, husband and wife relationships and, and parent and child relate. We get distracted. We get distracted by, you know, materialistic things. And we don't have to go into all that, but, but it, it may be different for everybody else. But the truth is, is that oftentimes we fall asleep on Jesus Christ in our watch. And so we want to take, again, I know I've said this already, but we want to take this week and next week and talk about that because I want you to come up here on that, in that 24-hour prayer service in lieu of the resurrection celebration of Jesus Christ and just, and just have a chance to go through these stations, these prayer stations, and spend some time, just you or you and your wife or you and your family and the Lord Jesus Christ and go through the stages of forgiveness and, and restoration and thankfulness and holiness and come in here and... And, and partake of the Lord's Supper and communion with him and remember what he's done, what he's doing, but more importantly, what he's going to do, and he's going to come back one day. Amen, everybody? So, but first of all, we've got to know what it means to be a watchman and to, to stay awake. We've got to stay awake. Cornerstone, the most important thing in all this world, this life, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and we have to stay awake, and we have to live it. We have to be holy. We have to be temples of the Holy Spirit, which God intended us to be. Amen? All right, some warnings here. And these are warnings for me. These are warnings that God has given me. And, and these are warnings that God has given us. And so as we look at this subject of, of keeping watch, and because and, we, find, we find the verses, listen to me, everybody. The verses right after these is why the Holy Spirit, I think, led me to choose these verses is, is because it talks about the judgment. It talks about the judgment of Christians, the mercy seat, if you will, and that one day all of us, if you're born again, you're going to go through this judgment seat and 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 it's and so and so there's this idea of a watchman 
And so in these verses preceding that, we see three warnings given in these verses. Look, look with me at verses 16 and 17. Number one, let no man, and the King James uses the word defile, and but the word defile and destroy um, is the same word, okay? But it said, but number one is let no man defile himself. Look, look at me. Let no man defile himself. Let no woman defile herself. Let no person defile herself. Let no person destroy herself. Let no person fall asleep on the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul gives us a warning about defiling or destroying ourselves in the light of this truth. And, 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 and here's the reason why, is in we see in verses 16 and 17 that, that Paul says that, he says that the reason why is because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're with us on Wednesday nights, we do a very, very, you know, expository type, type teaching from the Bible, and it's been very, very rich in the book of Hebrews. And so the last month or so, we've been going through where, where uh, the Holy Spirit is talking about the temple, the tabernacle the tabernacle itself. And we've discovered that in that tabernacle, you know, there was, there was the, the sanctuary and that there was the, which is also called the holy place. And then there's also a place called the holy of holies. And that's where God was. He wasn't in the first building or the first tent. He was in the smaller tent in the back. And that was called the holy of holies. That's where God was. And the priest only the high priest could go in there once a year. And that day was called the day of Yom Kippur or the day of atonement. But now we understand that Jesus Christ has come and, and, and he died for our sins. You know, everybody say amen. And so the Bible says that, that, that no more does, does God dwell in the Holy of Holies in that tabernacle or in that temple, but instead, because he was the perfect sacrifice and because he died for our sins and because he rose again and he's in heaven today, he, he tore the veil and no more was there a need of an earthly tabernacle because, see, the Holy Spirit never dwelt in man before that. You see, in the Old Testament, you got your judges and you got your prophets. They were never, ever indwelt by the Holy Spirit. They were illuminated by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're thinking of Samson right now. But they were never indwelt because today, as believers, there is no need for the Holy, because we are the Holy of Holies, everybody. Can you give the Lord a hand, huh? Hey, you are the holy of holies. And so these verses, this warning is, is don't give in to that temptation. Uh, um, make sure you're that watch person. Because if you, if you, if you give in to that flesh, if you start sleeping on the Lord, if you start you know, sleeping on your wife, on your faith, on all these things, listen to me. What he's saying is, is that, is that you, are, you are now the holy of holies in God himself. Now, no more is in the tabernacle but he's in you we are the tabernacles and when so and when we allow when we fall asleep when we give into those temptations what he's saying here is you've defiled yourself you've destroyed yourself do you see it and so we're given this warning by the Apostle Paul, and he's given this warning to the Corinthian people. And if you know anything about history of this place called Corinth, <laughs> it was a very hard place to live. 
Now, we are the temple of God. We are the holy of holies. Um, I don't have it on the screen for you, but that's what 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 says. It, says. it says this, because it is written, God says, be you holy, for I am holy. Why does he say that? Is, it, is he saying that just because he wants us to be holy? I, I, think, I think that's a truth, but that's not what that verse is, is really meaning to say to us. If we depict that apart and open it up, God is saying this, if I live in you, then you got to be holy, that, I mean, be holy for I am holy, God says. And yeah, we need to be holy because we want to be like God. But he's saying, if I'm in you, then you got to be holy. Does that make sense? So don't defile yourself is what the apostle Paul is saying. Quit giving in to the temptation. Quit giving in to those things that defile you, that destroy you, that make you go to sleep. And hey, is that easier said than done or what? I know it's hard. But that's why God tells us that there's grace. That's why God tells us that there's strength. That's why, that God, that's why God tells us that there's new beginnings every day. Because you know what? Everybody listen to me. We're all going to make mistakes. But when we recognize those things, we don't be satisfied with just going to sleep on our watch. That we do something about it. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but um, I sin every day. I know I'm the pastor. But I sin every day. And there's always that possibility of of falling asleep every day. But when we do do that, we just got to wake out of it and say no. Because you see, a distraction, there's, there's all these distractions around us. I mean... Think about these disciples. I mean, it was 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and, of course, their thing was is that they needed to go to sleep. They needed to go. They put more value on sleeping than they did. Hey, Jesus is going to the garden to pray. He needs us, he needs us to just, just, for, just for an hour to give it all to him. Right? And that's what God is asking us. He's saying, hey, there's this short period of time I just need you to give it all to me. And, and, but notice the disciples, they fell asleep, they woke up, he woke them up, <laughs> they fell back asleep, they woke up, and they fell back asleep. Hey, um, let's not defile ourselves, everybody. That's, let's, that's a warning so Paul gives us. So as we're preparing for next week, um, in, in two weeks, let's make sure that we realize that um, we are the holy of holies. Uh, if, because it is written, be you holy for I am holy. If I'm in you, then you got to be holy. If, and if God is in you and you're not holy, what have you done? Defiled, destroyed. Now does that verse make a little bit more sense to you? Okay, number two. Number two, let no man deceive himself. Now, a lot of you are going to throw rocks at me, okay? But, but let no man or woman, let no man or woman deceive themselves. Verse 18, Paul said, let no man deceive himself. And again, that word him, it, it's, it's, it's going to be neutral for men and women, gender friendly here. But Paul is talking about a matter of self-deception, okay? I need your attention. The Apostle Paul here in this text is talking about a matter of self-deception. His warning has to do with wisdom. Notice the text. 
Um, notice verse 18, and this talks about the haughty spirit that lacks wisdom, okay? This talks about that, that person who is unteachable. It talks about that person who knows everything. It's that person who says, you know, I, I've experienced this, and so I'm, I'm an expert on this. Can I have, can I have a, I know what you're talking about, Pastor? I mean, you know, um, you know self, you know, wisdom here. But he says, let no person deceive their own selves. Let no, it says, let no man deceive himself. Look at what it says. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, look what it says. Then let that person become a fool so that they could be wise. Well, that's against everything that, you know, that's innate in us, isn't it? He says, if any man among you seems to be wise in this world. Now, that word seem, that word means think in the Greek. It means to ponder in the Greek. And it literally um, has to do with conceit. And Paul is describing those who think they are wise and boast of their wisdom. See, Corinth was filled with those who considered themselves to be wise. They thought themselves to be wise and they were proud of it. They considered themselves to be wise, and they called themselves wise men, and they were conceited in fashion. And so in this text, I'm giving you some some background. Paul reminds us that they were not wise. Everybody look. The Bible is truth. The Bible is absolute truth. And so Paul is reminding them, you're not wise, you're a fool. They were only wise men after the wisdom of the world. Their wisdom was a worldly wisdom, a wisdom that was foolishness to God. Look, I care if God thinks that that wisdom is foolish, don't you? Notice verse 19, it says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And I'll let you fill the blank in. You know, what the world seems to be wise and what God seems to be wise and what God seems to think of what foolishness is and what the world thinks of foolishness. You fill in the blank, okay? And the, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in the right direction, and you take God's Word and lay that over that. Now, understand that God is not condemning a wisdom that discovers truth. Okay, let me repeat that. God does not condemn a wisdom that discovers truth. But wisdom, he's, he's condemning wisdom that hinders one from the truth. You got it? He, that's, 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 what he, that's what he condemns is if it speaks otherwise or contrary to the wisdom of God, to the truth of God. That's what he's talking about here in these verses. He is calling the wisdom of the world foolishness when it is an intelligence that keeps men from knowing God. In verse 19 and 20, Paul quotes from Job 5.13 and Psalms 9.94 verse 11, and he wants to demonstrate that both the methods and reasoning of the world are vain and fruitless before God. It is vain and fruitless because it is a wisdom that knows not God. And there are those who think they are wise, but in reality they're just fools. A man can have a Ph.D. from the best university, but because of the wisdom and truth of God, they could be foolish. Paul's warning is to guard ourselves from thinking that the world's wisdom, that the, world, that the world's wisdom makes us wise. 
Now look at verse 18. Let's, let's, let's finish this, this point up. In verse 18, Paul tells us how to be wise. All right, everybody, let me get your attention back. I don't have any more jokes, but... Uh, but uh, um, so here, Paul, Paul shows us how we can all be wise in God. Now, if we're going to be good watchmen, if we're going to stay awake and not fall, fall asleep, I think it's good for us to know how God expects for us to be wise. What do you all think? All right. Yeah, let me just say this. The Holy Spirit just, uh, that's probably one of the hardest struggles is to walk through this life and, and, and and not to get you know and to gain a bunch of experience and knowledge and see things that work for other people and then not to do the same thing they do it's that's difficult i mean you got your ethical stuff you got your moral stuff right if it's working for them then god must not care and it's making them successful and happy so I think that's what I'll do. And you see, a lot of those things are just distractions, and they keep us away from doing what we should be doing, and thus we fall asleep in a spiritual sense. We got it? Because sometimes the world's wisdom is a lot more attractive than God's wisdom. And that's where we have to practice this discipline, because there can only be one absolute truth, right? Right? And the only absolute truth there is, is the Word of God. There is no other absolute truth. Experience is an absolute truth. Just because it works for one person doesn't mean that it's right. Because if we're saying that we're Christians and we follow Him and we're going to be, we're going to watch, that means that we have to give ourselves to the discipline of obeying and being obedient to the absolute truth, which is the Word of God. See. You got skeptics and you got people who say, well, you got to remember, um, Christians, that, that that was written, you know, thousands of years ago. So that was a different culture. It's a different time. And so you, so you, you, have to, you, have to, you have to change God's word a little bit to make it fit the culture that you live in. And ladies and gentlemen, that's just another distraction. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's word is God's words. It's absolute truth. And this is what can been believed 5,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago or 100 years ago is to be believed today as our absolute truth. And that's why so many people fall asleep spiritually is because they're distracted by other truths out there. But I want you to see what Paul says. He says, if you want to be wise, then meaning if you want to, if you want to be wise, then you've got to believe God's word and you have to have no reservation about it. You've got to believe it. And hey, listen to me. I'm telling you, if you take God's word and you apply it to your life and you live out that absolute truth, you You are going to be a wise person. You are going to be a successful person because God's promises are fulfilled in his word. But notice what he says here. He says this is the only way you can be wise. He he says to become a fool that you may be wise. (laughs) 
Become a fool, meaning don't believe the world. Be a fool in their eyes because then you'll be, be wise in God's eyes. And that's what matters. Everybody say amen. That's when, we're, that's when we're staying awake and watching. That's when our faith is being exercised, when we believe his word and we become wise because of his word. Again, we cannot base truth off of experience or our intellect. There is only one source of absolute truth, and that's the word of God. Number three. Here it is. We'll be finished. Let no man, the third warning, let no man or woman deprive himself. Verse 21. You know, one of the problems in, in that church, in the church of Corinth, was the elevation of certain preachers. And, you know, I'm not going to read the text again, but we read it a while ago, but he, he named a few, himself, Cephas, uh, Apollos, Everybody was saying, hey, this guy's better. This guy's smarter. I love how this guy tickles my ears, and I love what he has to say. And boy, this guy, you know, you know, up and up, you know. And, and so, so, so this had caused certain fractions in the church. Again, you see the distraction? Sometimes we can get distracted ourselves because of that. Um, sometimes we can get distracted on what we're supposed to be doing because of ministerial preferences music preferences, whatever the case may be. But, but those are distractions, and they cause us to fall asleep spiritually and not keep watch. And so, but in this church of Corinth, there were factions, and they had become more man-centered than Christ-centered. That's what happened in the church of Corinth. You just read the book of 1 Corinthians, and you, 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 you think that you've been to a church that had problems. This one here was, was nasty was nasty. But Paul tells them not to glory in men. Listen, Paul says, don't glory in men. Because why? I think number one, because our position, because our, our position, our possessions in Christ. Sorry, I messed that up. Our possessions in Christ. Notice the last part of verse 21. Look, look down at your Bibles or look at the screen. Paul says, for all things are yours. All right. Do you ever wish you could be Ron Fox? <laughs> I say that. <laughs> well, don't just make a face like that, Phyllis. <laughs> Good Lord, she goes. <laughs> I'm just. It was just. It was. It was a. It was a, kind of a joke, but I just want to make a point. You know. Um, you know. Um, oh. You know, Paisley, you know, she's got such an outgoing personality, and I can really see the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in her, and she just likes people, and people like her. She's just a, a magnet. I mean, am I, am I lying here, everybody? No, she's an awesome young lady. And so, boy, I really, I really want to really be Paisley. You know what the Scripture says? All things are yours. It's not just Paisley. It's not just Brother Fox, but Paul says all things are yours because you're in Christ. Huh? Can you give the Lord a hand on that? Now, I still like you. I still think you're awesome, and I still want to emulate you, okay, Paisley? But, but that's my point I wanted to make. Some people fall asleep because they don't realize the possessions that we have in Christ. And right here in this text, he says, you don't, want to, you don't have to want what Cephas has. You don't have to want what, what um, Apollos has. You don't have to want what so-and-so has. He says, he says, all things are for you. You, every single one of you. 
Those things are for us. All those things are for all of us, not just for a select few. So a lot of us, we get into this habit of falling asleep and and making excuses and being distracted all the while we're not doing what we should be doing because we don't realize and we don't understand and we don't believe that it says all things are for you and that you is all of us if you're in Jesus Christ. And then here it is. Look at it. And then he, then he comes and he finishes up and he, he says also that our position in Christ. And I just, I just, this is it. I mean, this is, he, he brings the point here. Look at verse 23. He says, and you, and you are Christ and Christ is God's. Look, if we are Christ's, in other words, I belong to him. We have all of God and he, is, and, and he has been given to the believer in Christ. So this is our position in Christ. And here's the point that Paul is making. He says, don't deprive yourself. You understand? Number one, don't deprive yourself because all things are yours. You got it? Number two is don't deprive yourself because, because you're in Christ and Christ is in God that means that God is in you. So don't deprive yourself of that. That's who we are as Christians. So let's stay watch. Let's, 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 let's take these three warnings and apply them to our life so that we won't be sluggish and so that we won't fall asleep and that our minds will be sober and fixed on the things of God. And so because of the most important thing in this world, in this world that we live in today, is the gospel of Jesus Christ and our personal walk with him, and there's nothing else more important. Yes, there's distractions. And yes, the wisdom of the world says differently, but it doesn't matter because if you want to be wise... You're going to be a fool in this world. We love you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the word of God that we have. And Lord, thanks for the warnings that we can have of how we can be just that, that watchman, Lord, um, to stay awake and to be, to be active in our faith. Lord, I pray that uh, each one of us will take a personal inventory and just get ourselves ready uh, for the prayer watch coming up and so that we can all be active in our faith and and giving you praise and glory for it. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, stand with me for a minute this morning, please, and let's have a time of invitation. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. And we're in worship. We've sang some great songs. We've had some good fellowship. And the word of God was spoke. And I hope today that you'll allow God's word to be sharper than a two-edged sword and that it will pierce through your pride, through the world's wisdom, and that we'll all humble ourselves and just listen to what the Holy Spirit would have to say. Let no person defile themselves. 